thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome, pilots. You're tuned to the guard frequency, because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 264 of the best damn space sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, June 14th, and made available for download on Tuesday, June 18th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Ken Shadow. I'm Tony. And I'm Jeff, and this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry VIII. I am, I am, Henry VIII, I am. Price chopped streaming, right, Brian? That's right, Jeff. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so hit us up. Tell us what's on your mind. And if you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at feeds.guardfrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. And if you're not doing anything Friday nights, then you should come over and join us at 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency Live over at twitch.tv forward slash guardfreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on that Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all the Patreons who support us week on week, and we hope you consider joining them, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. Also, you could help out by volunteering to edit this show. That's right. Make us sound as good as we do by helping out Mikey, Bill Hardy, and Lennon put the show together and making us sound oh so smooth. That's and, and right. Not fuzzy. And not fuzzy. Join us uh, by checking us out on discord.guardfrequency.com or by emailing squawk at guardfrequency.com. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure and check them out over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping is done, so let's get to the show. What have we got in store this week, Brian? In this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from Star Citizen, Outer Worlds, No Man's Sky, and Descent. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, regretting to inform you that your sons are dead because they were stupid. Finally, we open the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175, Port Bay, hands on approach, trigger screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of space sims. CI has a funny new name for a new show, and Brian will have the actual information from it. Also, more lawsuity flavored goodness. Outer Worlds has a release date. No, it's not a space sim, but it has a release date, damn it. Right on, right on. No Man's Sky has nearly doubled its latest crowdfunding effort by like a thousand dollars or something. Uh, And yes, it might be a space sim. And Tony has decided to use his legal brains for great justice. 
for once. Don't get used to it. All right, so we're going to do a bunch of little quick hits right now. There's not a heck of a lot of news this week, but we'll kind of run through a few things that did happen. First, uh, No Man's Sky has a crowdfunding effort. I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, but it's uh, there. The link is there in the show notes. Uh, the uh, some fans got together and uh, crowdfunded a billboard across the street or right in the neighborhood of Hello Games, saying thank you. And it's that Reddit Gib meme guy that just that, like wants a hug or something. So, uh, so this is that saying thank you for putting in the extra effort to uh, make the game resemble what people thought it was going to be uh, early on. But uh, so the fans are coming together and they crowdfunded that, uh, like double their money or close to double their money. Uh, last time I checked, it was two hundred and forty ish uh, people uh, for not quite four thousand uh, dollars. Spoiler alert: billboards don't cost four thousand dollars. So what they're going to do is they're going to buy pizza and beer for the team with the rest of it. Uh, spoiler alert, a billboard and pizza and beer for a small development studio still doesn't cost $4,000. <laughs> so what they're going to do with the rest of it is they're going to donate it to a local school for, uh, for I think, uh, sick children. They haven't named the school yet because they're finalizing the details. Uh, but they're going to donate it uh, for access to games for underprivileged uh, kids. So they're going to let the GoFundMe run for the full like 30 days. It's been running a couple days now, so 28 days, whatever, plus the time it takes to edit the show. Anyway, there'll be about three weeks left on it by the time our show gets out. Uh, so if you're interested, we'll put that link in the show notes uh, and uh, let you see that. But if if you if you want to thank them for doing uh, their jobs, uh, Doing their jobs <laughs> like they should have done, like they should have done in the first place. Uh, but they, they, I mean, they, they did stick with. Give them some. I give them some credit. They, they stuck with it. They could have bailed. They, they could have bailed. They delivered a game. It wasn't. It did not meet expectations. They weathered a lot of storms, and uh, you know, it's 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 a good thing. I am looking forward to playing it on VR. Uh, so I think uh, you know, if and plus it's for a good cause now. the The original cause has been settled. So. The rest of it's just gravy to help kids with I games. think you're being so, nice, man. It, if, he didn't uh, stick with it. He had to, or it was like a career ender. Like, there was way too much that happened that they he would have not have come back from. He had no choice but to keep beating on this game until yeah, it was uh, decent. Sean Murray, sure, but the rest of the team, pfft. Yeah, but it, it did turn into something <laughs> yeah. really good. I mean, they, 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 really, uh, they really turned it around. Like, this show, a small development studio, is a team effort, and if you lose critical people getting somebody up to speed on a game which is weird and complex and difficult uh, difficult it could have been an ender if any one of the you know any one or two of the the top people had decided I'm sick of this I'm going to go somewhere else so um, but I mean all that other stuff aside it's cool that the you know as much as we rag on crowdfunding this one succeeded and it sounds like it's going to go to a good cause so We'll throw it out there. Uh, due diligence is, of course, the responsibility of each individual donor. Don't blame us if the guy takes it and buys beer and pizza just for himself. Or we we don't know that. Or that the hosts of uh, uh, Guard Frequency. He could he could buy beer and he pizza could, for but the. I don't uh, think so. Yeah. I th- I think he's in England though, so it'd be like illegal to buy. A and it'd probably be some weird English haggis pizza anyway. I think I'm old enough in both England and the U.S. It's the shipping part uh, that's the. Uh, uh, they caught. They caught my macaroni and cheese I sent to Lennon at the border. They'd surely catch the beer. Right. Yeah. Well, you can get haggis in a can, and then you could just make a pizza. And moving on. 
Outer Worlds has a release date. Yes, Outer Worlds, the not a space sim game that we're very excited about because it's the spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Uh, yes, a drum roll, please. Oh, wait, we don't have audio editing support this week, so I'll do the drum roll. On the desk, uh, October 25th, 2019 is the uh, release date. So, so did any of you watch any of the E3 videos and stuff? From, for Outer uh, Worlds? Yeah. yeah. Looks great. Uh, I knew you would, Henry, but... <laughs> like me, man. Looks great. <laughs> I did not watch the video from E3, but I did watch an interview uh, with the two lead developers and uh, Games Radar. And there was about 11, almost 12 minutes, and it was just quick fire questions back and forth. It was sort of hilarious and surprisingly informative as well. So uh, I can recommend that for sure if you want just a more of a quick digest of what's going on. Yeah, so I'm excited because I'll be able to get it in time for my son's birthday, which means that he'll play it and be done with it uh, just in time uh, for me to get it or sometime around Christmas. So uh, we'll do the Steam sharing family account thing. Henry, you were mentioning something off the air that we didn't cover in the intro, but you were interested and excited about it, about Starbase. Yeah, Starbase. They were showing a demo of their in-game programming tools for automating your blocks uh, and your creations. And it looks, the first thing they said is we've got this new uh, our own language that you can learn to use in-game to program. And I thought, man, why don't they just do something like, you know, give us a clone of like JavaScript or Python or something in-game to play with. Everyone's have their own little language. But then I saw what they put together. It's very simplistic and it's very like basic, like go to line one. Like basic? This. Yeah, it's, it's very, very simple. It looks simple enough to be fun and... Uh, I'm, I'm interested in it. So the, at first I was not, but watching the video and watching how it works, it does look simple enough to be fun without being a hassle. And there's more to using it um, than just walking up to a block that is programmable and programming it. You actually have like programmable slates that you move from block to block. Like you have a data card that would go in your computer. It's pretty neat. That's actually kind of cool. It's yeah. like, that's like uh, when you when you have those, uh, I can't remember, was it, it was Knights of the Old Republic or something when you had to hack or slice you had to slice into computers. I'm remembering a game. Maybe it's 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 been too long. Where you actually had to carry cards around, or you had yeah, you're, was something I in your remember inventory. doing that. Um, yeah, but this is more like in uh, Space Engineers, where you could have a block that you would program to move part of your construction in one way or another, um, or or fire an engine or something like that a certain way. Um, this is like that. It can all be automated that way. But it's uh, there are also things to build and things to manage with it whereas with space engineers it was like this is the block that automates all that there weren't any parts to play with or change around it just looks deeper is what i'm trying to say deeper experience than we had in space engineers for the same kind of functionality deeper while still being simpler on the programming side so i don't, I don't think i'm really familiar with the concept so what happens like you write a program and you put it in a block and then the block does stuff yeah so like, it so like in, in Space Engineers, or... to give you a better example, because in Space Engineers it was more fleshed out. I saw a very short demo of it um, today, but with Space Engineers it would be like you might have pistons on a, a say, say you build a truck and it's got pistons on the back mm -hmm. and it's got uh, like a drill head and, or something like that. So it's basically a crane that deploys a drill and you might write a little script that raises the piston, extends another piston and then turns on the drill you would be able to do that in Space Engineers. Okay. With scripting. With special blocks that were like scriptable blocks. Without going into mods. Right, so rather than uh, clicking on a little uh, a clicky that says mine, 
you would have to program something that says deploy drill 45 degrees, lower 10 feet, begin sp- during, uh, spinning drill. Yes. And then if you, if that spinning drill contacted a mineable surface, the computer then would start giving you resources. Yes. But in Space Engineers, you were also able to do things like build automated drones and program them um, to do things like follow you or fight, that kind of stuff. And you would program it uh, with a lot of detail and control, too. It was a pretty deep system. But it's the kind of thing, like, if you're doing that, you should you should just be building mods, you know? <laughs> you're building that kind of functionality, and then you'll have to learn a new language. I can't remember yeah. what they had embedded in Space Engineers. Pretty deep. Yeah, it's very deep. So can you go left, down, rotate 60, deg- 60 degrees, and uh, engage rotor? Yeah, that kind of stuff, yeah. That's what you're looking at. To, to that, That's the point of it, to be able to script the blocks. All right, switching gears now to Descent. It's been a couple weeks since we talked about the sort of online postings and nebulous uh, factual situation regarding a purported contractual dispute between uh, Descent uh, Descent Studios, the development house run by Wingman, who actually made the game, got the Interplay license, and Little Orbit, the publishing uh, company, which... Uh, contracted to actually publish and market the game uh, on Descendant Studios' behalf and paid a little consideration, compensation, to get the game finished up. Um, So in the last two weeks, nothing's happened. And that got me a little kind of curious, because usually after something like that happens, even, even on a little thing like this, someone says something. There's usually a press release or a notice on the Twitters or something kind of dead air silence. And so I'm a little confused and concerned. So I went out there looking, and it turns out that, uh, and I don't know if we covered this or not specifically, but Little Orbit put on their Twitter account back in uh, January. The exact date would be January 31st? Yes, no, January 30th. January 30th, 2019, at 9.04 a.m., to be precise. Uh, quote, thanks for boosting the signal for hashtag Descent 2019. There's been a little bit of rescheduling, but we do expect to get backers into the all-new PC beta in February, end quote. So that's the last public statement from anybody, aside from Wingman's uh, uh, Discord captured uh, captured Discord chat uh, that we've had officially. So got me to thinking, that's a little bit of, like, say, an admission on Little Orbit's thing that it's just a little bit of rescheduling. Not, we got some serious problems with the game, or it's back to the developers for additional work, or we have some exciting new features that we want to include before we let it out. Yeah, it's done. They just want to reschedule a little bit. So uh, this is what I was thinking. This is, I have to, before I say this, I have to do my lawyer disclosure. Uh, I am not your attorney. I am just a attorney. My opinions here are good for educational and entertainment purposes only. For real legal advice, please consult an attorney licensed in your jurisdiction. Okay, now that I've done that, if I had, if if I wanted to like stir up some trouble, oh, this is what I do. Stir. This is what I'd do. I would go sue Little Orbit in Small Claims Court for my twenty-five bucks that I backed. I take him to Small Claims and I'd say, Little Orbit, I want my twenty-five bucks back. Now here's the problem with that. Obviously, I didn't pay Little Orbit any money, so that's a problem. But there's a little something, and this is, again, a wacky legal theory that I want somebody else to test because 
you know, I have a reputation to protect and whatnot. <laughs> but this is just this is this is this is just crazy enough that it might work. Uh, there's something called third-party beneficiaries. So, Henry, let's say you and I make a contract, right? And uh, I say I'm gonna give you a game if you give me 25 bucks. All right. And I'm not making any specific promises about what is in the game. I, I give you an idea, and I say I'm not really sure when I'm gonna deliver it because there's lots of things that could happen. But you give me 25 bucks, I'm gonna give you my commercially best efforts, commercially reasonable efforts to get you a game. What do you say? It's a great idea. Let's do it. Okay, so you give me the 25 bucks, and I go off to make a game. All right. And then I find out that it's taking a little bit longer, and some things happen. And we don't some some deadlines get missed or whatever. Running out of cash, I still got this promise to give you a commercial reasonable, commercially reasonable efforts to get you a game. I'm going to do that, and I still have your 25 bucks. Right. Ken Shadow walks by mm. uh, and says, "No, wait, I'm going to pick on Jeff. You, you're, you're, okay. you're, 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 out, you're out of this. You're out of this, Ken Shadow. You're lucky. I spare you. I'm making Jeff the bad guy. Okay. Hey, Jeff. I'm the bad Jeff, guy. You're the bad guy. You're the bad guy. Arr. You say, you say, what a great little thing you got the other game. It'd be a shame if it never got released." And I say, yes, that would be an awful shame. What a great you little tell thing me, you got there. I'm, it's, I'm it's a shame that it never got released. And that's what you say. And you said it. It was great. And then and then I say, oh, if only I had a little bit extra cash. And you say. Sure. I'll pony up some. <laughs> okay. And then you say, in return, I want a piece of your game. In return, I want a piece of your game. Is, that's right. Is this going We're going to well? speed this up a little bit for time purposes. Uh, okay. But you're doing great. Okay. I, mean, I appreciate your enthusiasm. Is, is, it is infectious. Thank you. When you take the piece of the game to make, the, to give me the money to, for me to finish the game, we leave a couple of things out. But the main point is, is that you want me to, to finish the game, and then you are going to publish the game. Right. 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 Okay. Now, Jeff, you're going to get some benefit out of this, right? What's the benefit you're going to get out of this contract? I don't know. Do tell me, Tony. And what's my well, benefit? You're the publisher, right? So you're going to get some money. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. At the when the game gets released, yeah, yeah. And then you're also you also get a piece of the of the yep. IP action, right. right? Right. You're paying for the developer to make some new ships and write some more story or whatever it is. So you get a piece of the IP and you get money when the game actually sells. I get something out of this. I get money to finish the game. I'll also get money when the game sells and uh, my IP becomes published and I you know reputational increases and all that kind of stuff. Who's left out of this conversation, Jeff? Henry's missing from the conversation. Oh, Henry's okay, of course. Right, because you're gonna you want to publish the game, you want to release it to the public, i.e., people that haven't bought the game yet. Right. Right? Because the publisher, if they're gonna make any money, they gotta sell it to people that haven't already purchased Kickstarter packages. I, the developer, would like to also do that, sell the game to people that haven't bought it yet and get it out there. The person that's left out of this conversation right now is Henry. Henry has paid money, but has not gotten any product for it yet. So he becomes, in the eyes of the law, in my analysis, what's called a third-party beneficiary. We're making a contract between you and I, Jeff. We're making a deal so that I can finish the game and you can publish it. But one of the parties that are going to benefit from our work and our agreement is Henry. Oh, he's, oh yeah. he's waiting for a game. Right. So he's left out at this point. So Henry can go to a court, I think with a straight face and tell the court, I'm suing Little Orbit for my money back because their inability to get the game out, to publish the game, is standing between me and the performance already rendered by Descent Studios. Descent Studios 
according to everything that we know, and Little Orbit's own admission on their Twitter account, game's kind of done, right? I mean, it's sort of, it's ready to go. It's ready for beta. It's ready to be tested. We know it's not finished. We know that because it's in beta. They even said so in their tweet. So I think you can go to a court and say, I'd like my 25 bucks back from Little Orbit because you're standing in the way of Descendant Studios performing on the contract that we made back at the Kickstarter stage. I think for 25 bucks, that would be extraordinarily extraordinarily entertaining. I think you'd get a default judgment because I don't think Little Orbit would answer the suit. And I think that you could then go on Reddit and say, I have a default judgment against Little Orbit for $25. Who wants to uh, go put a lien on their stuff in uh, California? For 25 bucks. For 25 bucks. This is this is more for the lulls than anything else. This is more for the lulls. Now, in traditional lawyer town, we put together a class action and do all this other kind of stuff. That seems a little extreme. What I'd really like is for Little Orbit to show up and challenge somebody and say, no, you can't do that. And here's all the reasons. And then we appeal that to whatever these use of the district court from small claims court, because that's where it gets expensive. And what I really like to do is just use this as a lever to get Little Orbit to let the game go. That's what I would like. But it's kind of I'm just this is kind of crazy talk. I have a podcast, so I can just like say stuff and be crazy about things. And as long as I preface it with, "I'm not your lawyer. This is a little nuts." But here's something you could do and try it if you wanted to, if you wanted to. So, but if anybody's listening wants to give that a shot, you know, comments are open, emails out there. But I think that that could be an effective way to get some movement from Little Orbit. There's a Mexican standoff going on, like, like we said. It'd be good to interject some more parties into this, like I was saying, Interplay. If Interplay weighs in, that is a way to get people off of center. If someone were to sue Little Orbit and Small Claims Court for their 25 bucks, that would get them off of center. It would say that, hey, there's an audience out here that cares about getting this game released. What are you guys doing? So I, I, it's, it's, a little, it's a crazy idea, but it's a solid legal theory. Whether or not anybody could put it into practice would have to wait till somebody tries to put it into practice. Um, why don't you see if Derek Smart wants to try it? He got a refund Maybe I'll from, give him a uh, ring. Yeah. He likes he to get this get, little you know, refund. That's true. Like, I want my 40 bucks he, back. People are like, sure, dude. Well, sure, dude. No, no, here no. you go. No, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got to correct the historical record here. He didn't ask for a refund. <laughs> they just gave it to him to go. It's like, yeah, we, we don't want you here. You take your money and you get That's out. That's crazy. You, you get out. That's what they. So, but he, well, there was history there already, right? Yeah, there was. But, but but that's how it ended, right? They said, "Here's your money. There's the door. Don't let it hit you on the way out." Uh, that that. Uh, but 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 that's not a bad idea. Maybe I'll give Derek a ring and, and say, "Hey, you know, do, do, do back wingman's thing." Here's a crazy idea. What's What's small claims like in Florida? Let's give this a shot. And finally, on this week's show, we have a little news from Star Citizen. I had threatened to make a joke and move on unless somebody had some reporting to do. Fortunately, Ken Shadow has saved you all, not only from my bad humor, but also he has some stuff to say, some information. I did save you. I saved you all. When have you, when have you ever had good humor? Ah! That's the... Every week uh-huh. I edit Shiv's uh-huh. jokes. <laughs> now we know what's wrong with Shiv's jokes. And there, see, and right there too. Uh, I said good humor right there. You all laughed. Yeah. There we go. See, we laughed at how bad it was. That's a- <laughs> still laughed. It still counts. Check mark. So they have a new show now called Pillar Talk, 
And then pillar talk. Did pillar you say talk. what kind of a, kind of pillow, a name is pillow that? Talk, uh, it's one that Tony P- hates and went on talk? for a long rant about on the show. Are chat. you talking pillow talk? What? What's what's that, Jeff? Pil- pillow talk. Yeah, you know, Jeff. What's that? Yeah, that's that thing you. Pillow that's talk. That thing you do with your what? spouse or whatever, and uh, in the in the bedroom, uh, you know, af- after the after the How? encounter. Oh, yes. are you is that a euphemism for sex, Jeff? Oh, so this show is about what you do after having sex with Star Citizen. Okay, please continue. Is it out of your system? Are you, it's you, out of my done? system now. I'm done. Sure? I'm done. Are you I'm sure? Done. Are you I'm sure? Done. Are you I'm sure? Done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <clears throat> I might okay. talk about Pillar and Stones later. Pillar, Pillars and Stones later. That might come later, but go ahead. And the reason it's called Pillar Talk, <laughs> and it, you know, aside from the euphemisms here, uh, is that it is uh, being hosted by the Pillars of Gameplay Development. Uh, includes includes the one and only Chris Roberts, and uh, he also has Tony Zurevic, John Crew, and Eric Chiron Davis, and they're um, in this show primarily talking about uh, 3.6 upcoming. Um, I'm guessing that the shows, based on the the statements there, is that we'll probably get like one of these for each quarter, you know, to go along with the patches. Um, but I don't know they they made that a solid commitment. So um, anyway. They talked about 3.6 and then, you know, why some things are there and why they're not, why they may not be. Um, first up on the list is uh, Tony Zervik talked about the new law system. Um, in the current game, if you, there are a handful of laws, like if you shoot somebody or you land in a pad wrong, you get dinked, right? You get stars, which was kind of a crime stat rating, like a, um, anyway, like, like other games that, that do that. It's like bad Yelp. Uh, if you got a Yelp more like Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, it's more like GTA. Anyway, um, yeah, but but bad Yelp, sure. And um, uh, but the new system also will will take into account objects now. And so, like, if you go blow somebody's ship up and take their cargo and put it on your ship, and then go somewhere and sell that cargo, you can't just go to Port Olisar and try and sell that cargo. It'll be tagged with their name, and it'll say, no, 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 that's that's stolen goods. You have to go find somebody else who's a fence, like at one of the seedier parts of the universe, and sell to them. And in theory, you don't get as much money. But um, Tony Z was a little fuzzy on, on on the pricing, but it was more of uh, in the once once the the system goes wider, you can only find a certain number of fences. And some some um, some systems may not have a fence, and so you have to be more strategic about where you pirate and how you pirate from people. Um, the Banner Defender is getting pushed to 3.7. Uh, it's taken... They have to make a whole new Banu art set because it's a new alien race uh, for the Defender. And uh, that's taking longer than they had planned. So the Defender's pushed to 3.7. Um, he talked a lot about... Let's see. Let me I'll save that one for the end. So Merlin's getting reworked. Van, Vanguard will be in 3.6. Uh, FOIP is now fixed in 3.6. It kind of gotten... Um, some of the features got pulled before... <laughs> Uh, for stability issues, but now it's back. And so when you now when you calm people in 3.6, like you you set up a service speak and you say, "Hey, save me from pirates or whatever," your head will pop up on their their screen. And when you're talking, you know their, your your voice will talk, and you'll get also uh, VoIP along with the FOIP over uh, over their calm systems. Um, Changes to ship throttling. We saw a bunch of those already in 3.5. So there's some more in 3.6. A little fuzzy in exactly what those are. Uh, ship VTOL. So when you're landing now, uh, they covered this in ATV a little while back, but um, 
Uh, when you ship, when you get within a certain speed and you're above a planet, you go into hover mode now, and that means your thrusters will be will be oriented downwards, and you'll basically fly like a helicopter. And so when you tilt when you tilt down, then you'll go uh, forward like you would, like a helicopter would, or if you pitch back up, you'll go backwards. Um, it's going to make landing a little more uh, complicated. It sounds. Um, but they think yes. that it's going to add more realism to the piloting and atmosphere. Can you turn it off? Can Well, I think you can specifically go into hover mode. Um, part of the reason hover mode's kind of existing is for kind of a realism sake, because it was kind of didn't look real before. Well, we already have a hover mode. No, this is this is. Okay, so uh, let's give an this example. This is stupid so, hover mode. No, 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 no. So like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like say, like say you take a space fighter yeah. and you go fly down to a planet and you go nose first to the ground and then you just sit there. That is that is something you're allowed to do in Star Citizen right now, and it looks weird, right? Because yes. you're just floating in full gravity above a planet with your nose down. Even if you go in to try and land and you do a vertical landing, unless you're a good pilot and you want to make it look pretty, it looks a little floaty either way. So hover mode is meant to kind of fix that. So once you get within a, under a certain speed in atmosphere and you're within a certain distance of the ground or however they come up with it, you're in hover mode and your, your, your thrusters basically all just point downwards. If you were to try and do some of those tricks, they don't work anymore. So you can't just go nose first and stare at someone like like this and and point your gun like vertically at them anymore. Well, that you have makes to, that makes certain ground attacks from aircraft and other things just on a on a no 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 no. Yeah, yeah. It makes it, that's them, what I'm saying. It turn them, it off. Well, you have to attack them like a helicopter now, right? Well, think about it in terms of like an attack. You're not going to be at that slow speed doing that. If you're talking about like nose diving and strafing. You're yeah, not going to flip into hover mode automatically and go, oh, I can control things. You would have to slow way down, at which point you're, you're not it, – it, we'll, we'll say maybe aerodynamics don't matter, but you're not aerodynamically lifting anymore, so you have to have that ground effect with your thrusters. So it makes sense. Well, but, but because of the design of the spacecraft, we already have thrusters that we control that either go up or down or left or right or whatever. That was the whole thing about changing the thr- – the, the engine system to this whole, you know, all this output goes to your various thrusters and you just happen to redirect them to the aft for, you know, forward thrust so, and up and down for strafing and so on and so yeah, forth. So it'll be, it'll be, it'll be more difficult. People are going to have to, to get used to it, but yeah. So, so moving on from that, um, a number of other things are, are, are coming into the, uh, the components, components, how they how they merge and how they work a little bit differently. Specifically, shields. He mentioned that if your ship had two different shield generators and you replaced one of them, it just kind of fudged it and like merged the two into one in terms of the stats. Now they'll actually work properly, and uh, you'll get like if you have a fast and a slow generator, the fast generator will work to its output fast, and then the slow one will work independently, and so you'll end up with. Uh, uh, much more dynamics in how you load up ships. Um, the uh, 890 jump will not begin 3.6 initially. It is close to being done, but it still has interior work, so it'll probably be in like a, a minor point patch afterwards, so 3.6.1 or something like that. Um, insurance is changing a bit too. Um, so he clarified that 
you know, they had, they had changed the way like insurance had been pitched a while. Uh, now, clearly, what's going to happen is when your ship gets blown up, it's going to have a buyback. Think of it dangerous, right? Like every component has a, has a buy cost and it has a buyback cost. Now, well, basically, you have your, your pay buyback cost. And if you have insurance on your ship, it deducts from the buyback cost. And so if everything on your ship was um, insured, like you had LTI and everything, your buyback cost would be essentially zero because it's, it's pre-deducted. If you replace one of the, 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 the laser repeaters with you know, a better one, then you're basically just paying the buyback cost for that laser repeater. And so it, it sounds like it makes sense. He says you can also, um, as, they, as, as they go on, they'll add options for insurance and all sorts of things. So you can buy separate insurance to reduce your buyback cost if you're, buy, if you're getting blown up too much. Uh, same with you can, you can buy insurance for cargo when you buy the cargo eventually, not in 3.6. And it'll basically be the same thing. They're adding ship rentals um, in 3.6. You'll be able, just like you can buy ships now with uh, Alpha UEC, you can rent ships for a limited time using Alpha UEC, so you can try some ships out. Um, and the last thing they talked about was server-side OCS that will not be in 3.6, but uh, he, he did bring up the fact that it's it's progressing endlessly and, um, and he didn't make about any promises about 3.7, um, but it sounded like he kind of hinted that way. And that server-side OCS is one of their last barriers before they get to what he considers full permanence. Um, oh, server-side object container streaming is primarily a technology for um, uh, the way that, so the client has OCS where if you're within a certain distance of like an asteroid, it loads just that asteroid. It doesn't load like port OSR, which maybe you can't see anymore. Um, and then the server side will basically do the same thing. So you can squeeze many, many, many more people into a server. If everybody's at port OSR, then the server will be lagged and limited. But if all those people go to different places, then the server will run fast. And so that's, that's the general idea of, of that technology. So we'll end up seeing much, much higher player counts and servers once that's, that's done. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we'll, we'll, sounds like there's lots of uh, changes coming. We'll have a look at 3.6 when it finally hits. Uh, finally, quick update on the uh, lawsuit. Uh, CIG answered Crytek's answer. So you you can do that. You start the other guy, the defendant gets to, or the you know the non moving party gets to say, and then if you were the ones that uh, put the motion out, you get a reply. So that should be all the filings for this. Uh, CIG was uh, derisive about uh, about Crytek's uh, response. I don't know if I said this on the recording, but we talked about it a little bit after the show. I know um, the one thing Crytek did not do in their uh, 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 filing was talk about how they ain't got no money. I don't remember you saying they didn't have any money. Yeah. I remember you saying that they weren't going to get the kill shot they right. wanted. Right, yeah. That's, so they, they didn't have the slam dunk. They didn't have a slam dunk on the uh, on the reply because they did not talk about all the allegations that were in the press about how Crytek's broke and laying off workers. They just sort of glided right by that. Well, CIG hammered them on that point. Um, it's not overly material, I don't think, but it's a big talking point. And then uh, they then proceeded to talk about how uh, Crytek uh, did not do a lot of things that they could or should have done in the motion. They they made good points, but I think that what in in the interest in the interest of brevity here, they I think might have pushed a little too far. This we might be getting into the territory where the judge might just be sick of the case because it's going to seem because after. Uh, uh, Crytek came on and said, "Well, if we just can do fairness, if fairness is all we're going to get, fine. We'll just go after fairness." 
that strategy can backfire on people sometimes because it sounds starts to sound like vengeance and not settling a contract dispute. And on the other side, CIG got a little vociferous on this thing, calling out uh, Crytek as a bad actor, and then talking about the, the the lawyer change. A lot of the things that CIG was calling out were legal strategies or legal tactics, and changing lawyers can have a material effect on that. For example, well, they never said they wanted uh, you know injunctive relief. They'll be talking about money, money, money all the time. It's always been money, money, money about Crytek, except Crytek never came to them with an offer and never has, never wanted to. So I think there's a little bit of disingenuousness there and a little bit of maybe overplaying the hand a little bit. I think they could have stood pat without going all out, but they, I think, maybe pushed a little hard on it. In any event, I fully expect that the, the judge is going to tell CIG, you can have a bond, uh, or you, you're entitled to a bond, you're just not entitled to one that big. And she'll arrive at a smaller figure. Uh, to, and probably it'll be pegged to what they've already spent on legal fees so far to say, yeah, if you win, you can get your legal fees up to this point. But at this point, we've got the case figured out. Everyone knows what the scope of it should be. You all should be very quick about discovery because the, the Crytek says they know what they want. CIG, you're on notice of what they want. It should be relatively easy to get this all fixed up, isn't it, boys and girls? Aren't we all going to be good little litigants and go to our corners and think about what we've done? Yes, let's go do that now. So I, that's my prediction. CIG will get their bond, but it'll be in the $400,000 or $500,000 range, uh, not $2 million. And now that we're all caught up on Space Sim News, let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. A large purchase of Imperial slaves has political implications. For the latest, we go to Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Spencer. Tilbury Construction, a startup company from the EOTensis system, has attracted the attention of anti-slavery activists. The cause? Buying 4,000 Imperial slaves. Tilbury CEO Garrett Klein announced the purchase while discussing its contract to build a water treatment plant in Port Isabel on EOTNensis A3. Under unusually intense questioning for such a routine contract, Klein stated, quote, We are a young company and have not yet acquired the personnel required to meet the ambitious deadline. An alternative workforce was therefore required. End quote. Shortly after this announcement, Unchain, the anti-slavery activist group, filed a formal protest with the EOTNensis authorities. In the protest, they cite potential violation of the standard imperial indentured servitude contract terms covering living conditions for interstellar transport. A spokesman also cited Tilbury's relatively meager track record in handling public contracts, stating, quote, We are also concerned with the lack of information regarding Tilbury Construction and Garrett Klein, who appears to have no experience managing such projects, end quote. Economists are somewhat puzzled by the attention to this relatively mundane transaction. The total cost for purchasing and transporting 4,000 imperial slaves would be under 70 million credits. For a water treatment plant serving a large city, this is expensive, but not overly so. In addition, Tilbury will be able to deploy this alternative workforce on other jobs. As to the transport condition protest, one slave trader who preferred to remain anonymous because, well, he's a slave trader, 
told GPR, quote, Right now, there's almost two million Imperial slaves in Star Dreamer sleep in their little pods on Brand Hub. They're going for 16k each. That's barely 70 light years from where you do your little radio show. 4,000 pods would be eight trips in a good-sized ship. Would take me about four hours tops. End quote. Political analysts smell a proverbial rat. Eotiensis is the homeworld of Senator Denton Petraeus. Unchain is the successor organization to Stop Slavery Stupid, a nonprofit run by Ashling Duval, and the most vocal pro-slavery political force, known to acquire and train large numbers of imperial slaves as a normal business practice, is Senator Zamina Torval. After the very public execution of the Nova Imperium faction, imperial politics has been swirling with intrigue, and with the outsized outcry regarding a water plant, it may get flushed. For Galactic Public Radio, from the Eotiensis system, I'm Smoo Furness. Thanks, Smoo. President Gibson Kincaid was arrested after a firefight at his personal estate in the Xeon system. Alliance Interpol declined to give a casualty report, but preliminary and unconfirmed reports indicate that it was a largely ineffective resistance, resulting in only, quote, several fatalities, end quote. Following Kincaid's arrest, the Alliance Assembly unsurprisingly voted to remove him from office, after formally charging him with treason, murder, and corruption. Additional arrests have been reported, but no identities have been made to the public. It is likely that Interpol is trying to keep further co-conspirators guessing until the arrests have been made. The date of his trial is expected to be confirmed soon, and will largely rely on the facts already in the public record. Commentators predict both Admiral Yamamoto and senior wall glass investigations officers will testify. Tajmira Silva, who hired wall glass, released a statement saying, quote, I am satisfied that Kincaid will last face justice for his crimes, including my sister's murder. Fazia championed fairness and succeeded as an entrepreneur by believing in others. She would be pleased to know that the Alliance has been purged of such corrupt presence. End quote. Finally, in local news, Guard Frequency Responds has successfully defended its management operation in the Sherpov hub. Victory was short-lived, however. One of GFR's pilots was cited for piloting while intoxicated by system authorities. The conservatives of Tiliala under the pretense of, quote, protecting the space lanes from irresponsible drunkards, end quote, have announced unsanctioned interdictions of GFR ships. Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, Of course, this is completely illegal, and we intend to resist any action taken against our ships with proportionate reactions, end quote. Until the next turn of the worlds for Galactic Public Radio... I'm Spencer McDunn. Good night. Big Daddy. All right, so 
when last we left our brave party, brave adventuring party, we uh, had just heard an air raid siren. Now, we may need to do a brief refresher on what led up to the air raid siren, so let's do that right now. You landed on planet Kava, which was a small agricultural planet out of the way, uh, ostensibly on a mission to train some people, some federal soldiers, uh, in the fine art and practice of Remlock evacuation procedures. Uh, apparently, the commander of the base and uh, Vallis, the uh, executive director of Guard Frequency Response, went way back. And he tapped her for this very lucrative special deal contract to provide this training. Suspicions were aroused because it's highly unusual. And so you approach the planet cautiously. There was a presumably ship, you're not really sure, that was kind of shadowing you a little bit. But uh, when it was non-responsive and you couldn't get a lock on it, uh, Vallis ordered you to set down on the planet uh, without delay. Things went mostly according to plan. However, you kind of missed the base a little bit, but it was only a couple kilometers away. Not a terribly big deal. Instead of walking over, you got in your SRVs, drove up. Once you arrived at the base, the Colonel and Vallis went off to have a powwow, and you were left in the arms and uh, tender care of Sergeant Christina Bell. Sergeant Bell escorted you to uh, the barracks, where you found out that they were packing up to leave which is your first indication that this is not a rescue training mission, but instead a relocation. Uh, after she uh, was doing some, uh, dismissed herself to finish doing some more chores, you guys were more or less free to scout around the base. Ryu went and found a giant stack of explosives, uh, air-to-air missiles, a big old box grenades, of which she took six, uh, Vehicle-mounted laser weapons, uh, and I think those are the only boxes she managed to open uh, before time sort of expired. Uh, but uh, she found a basically a, a big weapons depot. Uh, Henry found some guy sending a message to his girlfriend, I guess, on the 34th century equivalent of Gmail. Uh, a little bit kind of unauthorized, uh, not, not, not how you're supposed to do things in a military base when it's hyper-secret moving time. Uh, but, uh, at the end, at the end of the conversation, he was kind of pleading and kind of threatening that, uh, Henry should just keep this to himself. Uh, Kinshadow, uh, Roland Morgan, and I'll get his name right this time, uh, went and he found a very strange box that talks to him, and, uh, with a critical natural 10 roll, he recognized this as being very familiar as a old AI, the type, the type that he heard only kind of in stories and history uh, that were outlawed a long time ago. Uh, but he then backed away very slowly and, and left that building. Then uh, uh, Theodore Rexford found a mess hall, which was deserted and uh, well-stocked with space Twinkies, which he took four, but has eaten one. Well, technically, I which means he has three one, left. So I've got three and a half left. Three and a half. Okay, thank you for that clarification. Thank you for that You're clarification. Welcome. So we, <laughs> so uh, with space Twinkies in hand, he was ready to leave the building when he discovered a sort of remote surveillance system, a camera in the kitchen, and uh, then a motion detector by the by the door to the mess hall. Uh, after you guys uh, made your various discoveries, you again congregated out in the uh, center of the courtyard. No one inside except for a couple of soldiers patrolling along the top of the wall and guard towers. Uh, uh, a conversation ensued as to how to get Vallis out discreetly. Uh, and as soon as Henry composed the basically text message, y'all done, question mark, smiley face emoji, 
and hit send, the air raid sirens went off. Wait, so we're saying so it's Henry's fault? It, That's what I heard. Henry. <laughs> I was trying to move many, things along. Good thing because the air raid sirens just hit. Yeah. So many, many, many explanations are possible. Only time will tell which one is which one is correct. Uh, so just a quick reminder of your sort of your tactical environment as the air raid sirens go off. You're inside a compound, a walled compound. Uh, the, uh, the you're on a planet, an agricultural type planet. There's nothing around. The drive between your ship, the witty rejoinder, a federal corvette, uh, and this base was a, a couple of kilometers, two to three kilometers. Um, over mostly empty fields. It's not just a flat plain, but it's it's farm ground. You know, there's some trees and little hills and stuff, but nothing, no major features or, uh, or severe obstacles in the way. Uh, and uh, you are, you in your drive-in, you saw a variety of anti-personnel and anti-aircraft emplacements sort of concealed, camouflaged in with the terrain and the surrounding uh, uh, environs of the base. So there's defenses on the walls, there's defenses in the field and there's not a lot of like natural uh barriers and obstacles uh, but it's not just it's not just flat and featureless uh, either so that's where you are when this happens so when the air raid sirens go off what do you do how are the uh, personnel around us responding uh, they are uh, basically pointing guns at the sky and you see some people kind of like starting to move to their wrist comms and hand comms and earpieces and stuff like that uh, you can't really make out any clear speeches or anything, but you can kind of tell people are coming to alert. You know, they're you know they're ready for action. The ground vehicles we came in on are their weapons mm-hmm. good for ground to air? Uh, no, not really. I mean, if if something came and hovered in front of you or was a you know a hundred feet off the ground and was sitting still, uh, you could take a shot at them. But they're not uh, they're not really used if for air for. Anti-aircraft, not their main purpose, no. I'm Where's going... Dallas at this point? Where's Dallas? The last you saw of her, she went into the like the command When bunker. we came in, was she driving her own vehicle? Right, yeah, there were four vehicles total that, uh, that fit in the Corvette. Um, of course, he kind of rode in Dallas's right, trunk, that's right. more or okay. less, in the, in the pod. And he's still uh, there. But those four vehicles... Yeah, so... <laughs> no, he, he, he yeah. got out. He's, he's lounging. He had yeah, to go get his Twinkies. Yeah. So... Uh, He's, he's lounging and he's twinking in front of you. And you asked for one and he didn't answer so, you. So as the air raid siren goes off, um, I'm going to hand the second Twinkie of the first pack to Adira. Um, and Gentleman. and then I'm going to um, kind of ready my SMG. I thought he was going to say Twinkie. Hold it. <laughs> and... and uh, yeah, ready the Twinkie. Um, I'm going to kind of ready the SMG, and then I'm going to run, not at a sprint, but, you know, at a, at a decent pace uh, towards the building that Vallis went in. Okay. Uh, Henry, you got anything? You, you yeah, I do? feel like our responsibility is to grab Vallis, get her in a car, and get her out of there so we can get her back to the ship. We'll probably be better suited to assist from the Corvette, and she'll be in a better place to help okay. from the Corvette. So I'm running in as fast as I can to get her. So you're you and yep. you're kind yeah. of on a crossy's yeah. heels, okay? You're, and then uh, as way. I Adira? as I sorry as I turn, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. everybody gets a chance. Everybody gets a chance here. Adira, what are you doing? I stuff my Twinkie in my mouth and run after a crossy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. 
Kinchetto. I'll shrug my shoulders Rolling. and run after them as well. You're lucky Tony didn't make right. you roll to see if you choke for running and eating. <laughs> That's right. No, I figure you know, walking and chewing gum, running and eating a Twinkie, it's all the yep. same. It, it, it kind of Ken Shadow runs to the mess hall to get his own damn Twinkie. <laughs> I think I think a Crossy locked the door behind him. You're, you're going to have to figure out the security oh, code. Oh, that would be real right. hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would probably be Four, tough. 4, one. It's the same code you used to wake up. It's the same code you used to wake up the computer. All right. Uh, so you're, everybody heads for the door where the Vallis is, uh, uh, where she went in with the, with the colonel. As you all approach the door, conveniently, the door opens. And in the doorway is Colonel Mandon. And right on his heels is uh, Vallis. And uh, uh, once you... Okay, Akrosi, you get uh, since you were the first one to say something, you're headed for the door. I need you to uh, roll a... Let's I see. also have the uh, quick Control. runner perk, which gives me a faster running speed. But you did say you weren't well, going to well, sprint. That's true. I wasn't sprinting. That, that's right. You, you you said very specifically it was a measured yep. pace. You didn't want to. You don't want to look nervous in front of everybody else. It's right. Time, yeah. You don't. Right? You don't want to look. Yeah. Don't too I gotta look cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah, yeah. I yeah, assumed take... that I was sprinting. So. Oh uh, well. Okay. Well, yeah. but you. But I asked you third, so you're like catching up okay. to him, right? But but he still I, he he still was the person that went first. Mine's, so mine's more of a fast mosey. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're jogging, you're jogging. You're like yeah, I better go that way cash. too. I better go that way too. Gotta keep up appearances. Uh, give me a dodge roll, Mister Rexford. Sure. Yeah, give me a dodge. What he's gonna get hit by the doorknob. <laughs> so. Uh, you you manage to avoid with a roll of a thirteen. You manage to avoid the cur- uh, the colonel who is in a very very big hurry, headed towards the communications uh, electronics hub that Henry uh, explored when he was doing that. He is making a beeline and no one's getting in his. Way. I'm just going to avoid him entirely. Um, I do not mm-hmm. care about him. Uh, I'm just going to look yep. for Vallis. Okay, she's right behind him, and she she pops out, uh, and she comes out and uh, kind of puts her puts her hand up to you like in the yep. stop, uh, stop uh, motion, and she said, "Do you guys see any? Is do, do you have any idea what what just happened?" No, we were hoping you did. Nobody wants to tell her about uh, the AI or the email or any of that. We'll get to the air raid signs are going off. If you want to have a conversation with her, you can sure try. You can sure try. Oh, I just mean uh, we don't know if that triggered anything. She needs to get all the information, right? I mean, I feel like uh, the best thing we could tell her is, you know, I just saw somebody breaching security, sending an email about evacuation right before the air raid hit. Okay. That, all right. So uh, do you... I'm telling her that. Do you yeah. tell her this? Okay. You te- Oh, she's like, AI? Well, I what? didn't tell her about the AI because that's King Shadow's discovery oh. and he hasn't told me. I just oh. told her about the dude with the well, email because he might have triggered something. He was sending a, a communication oh. he shouldn't. Where, where was he? In the building over there. The building the colonel's running towards? the AI building, right? No, you're in the... Yeah, he's he's right in there. So she she was a colonel! And right as she says colonel, the colonel gets to the door, and the colonel opens the door, and the colonel is shot. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly! So let's just be friendly! Some say he had a setup for a series of jokes about beating a dead horse, and that someone had to ruin the setup. But all we know is he's called this shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. <laughs> so, this time, it's not me that's the target of the burn. That would be Henry, 
was the target of yeah, the Yeah, these bird. things happen. That's okay. So, frequent listeners of Guard Frequency, who apparently does not include anybody in this room except for me, uh, who is his job it is to listen to the show before it gets published, uh, didn't listen to the show. And Henry actually read the Some Say because Henry fixed Shiv's horse joke uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a manner which I approved of. Let's, let's, let's make sure that's clear. I was the one that said, yes, that's the better joke. And so audio editing resources being what they were, they took Henry's take on it and just plopped it in. So Henry got to read the some say, perhaps unbeknownst to him. Uh, and and uh, so, and and apparently the, the reason being is that there was a series of, there was like four horse puns in, like all in a row and it was all messed up and the formula was just messed up. Henry fixed it and and now Shiv, Shiv's like, Shiv's mad he's got two editors now. He's got two editors. So here's, here's the thing, I'm not an editor, but I would like to point out that in one edit, I managed to fix four jokes, is what I just took from your whole conversation. And you, you enabled a, this joke, and which is yeah, let's usually be honest, probably better than the joke he was setting up. Right, and <laughs> and also when Tony edits a joke, he edits the joke. When I edit a joke, I edit the next four friggin' jokes. <laughs> That's how powerful my red pen is, Tony. That is an impressive. <laughs> You're swinging the red pen around like a pillar, Henry. It's got it has like a, it has five gems in it. It's the infinity pen. All he needs is the six, and he becomes all-powerful, and he takes over the show, and I don't have to do it anymore. Hey, guess what? He's bucking for promotion, this guy. This guy. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, I, I'm going to continue on and read the last week's community question, if you don't mind. Community question from last week. Are you rushing out to buy the new 300 with all the fixins? How about the Stadia Founders pack? Amontillado writes, Nope. My original pledge was the Bounty Hunter package for $60 which came with a 300i. I've kept it primarily because it was my original ship. I did apply some of the free customization options, but I'll wait until I can get the others with in-game money before finalizing the loadout. Cheers. Silverwolf writes in and says, Still on the fence about picking up another 300 series, though I'll probably get one of the multi-ship packages with a 315p in it a little later on. Good point on the lack of dual tailpipes for the 350r. That actually kills my interest in that specific model. My look into a 325A for the extra hard points. In response to Jeff's comments about having these uh, additions, ever bought a brand new car? If you walk into a Subaru dealership right now to buy a top of the line WRX STI with all the bells and whistles, I can still bump that price by a further 15 to 20K by getting the STI oil cap, wheel nuts, radiator cap, side projection molding, premium paints, etc., etc. Then that's just on a Japanese car. Try buying European luxury. My issue with this was not. Uh, what you can buy in-game once the game is released. I, in fact, I endorse that kind of purchase, those kind of upgrade packages. My issue was with the pledge that I bought on this uh, 350R. That's where my issue lies. It wasn't. It doesn't have to do with what's after the game is released. So uh, in light of the Pillar Talk model on insurance, the whole customization thing, that, that gives that a different. It gives it gives it a different weight, right, with regards to to what you can do customization outside of the game. It's going to be a huge nightmare when it gets released. That's all I'm saying right now. Well, I'm pretty sure you thought that either way. All right, Cloud Imperium have 
always been pushing the route of ship manufacturers like modern car manufacturers. So to say that I am unsurprised to see this happen is an understatement. Again, the cosmetic stuff, who really cares? Zero gameplay variation? Nobody's making you buy them. The upgrades? I made use of the Star Citizen ship stat calculator the other day for the 300i builds, and frankly, there are no i-win builds. In fact, the generic 300i is what I would consider an all-rounder. The new builds help specialize the variants further um, than they were already into particular areas, but on the whole, take from the other areas to do that. Best example is the swaps between physical energy and distortion damage types, each of which have varying effects on shields, whole armor, and power system. And that was what my issue is, because I, I purchased the 350R to be the top racer so I could compete and, you know, that's what it was touted. It was presented to us like that. And then to, you know, get a subpar one and then have to spend more money to bring it up to what I think what, what we should have gotten in the first place is a, is a little a little cheesy. So you're mad that there's better engines than what comes stock on the 350R. Is that what your, your, your comment is? Uh, no. After the game is released, if I want to buy better engines or better aerialons or flight uh, electronics or whatever, I expect to be able to purchase those things and outfit them in my ship. So you're mad that some people can buy them before the game is released? No, I'm not even mad about... Yeah, okay. Oh, he's not. I am. Well, not mad, but... Not mad. I can't figure out what your comment is then, Jeff, if, if you're not upset my about it. My issue is, is that these ships that we pledged for should have came at the top of the line issue like they were touted out when when the pledges were um, presented to us. And that's why we purchased them. It's the same hmm. th thing with the Constellation. Well, it's not the same thing as the Constellation, but very close, similar. The issues are still... Yeah, very close, similar close. to the fact that, you know, when I bought it, there weren't three variants of the Constellation. If I can distill it down, Jeff, I mean, and tell me, tell me if you agree with, tell me if you agree with this. It's not so much that it's, that there's, these things are available. It's that they're available prior to the game being released and they're for cash and it dilutes the impact of the initial backers contributions. I think that is the last and final part that it has a lot of people upset because when I bought in at the Constellation and Jeff bought in at the 350, that was the the top for that role, right? It was the thing that was going to be awesome for that role. And you were special and getting this great deal because you were an early believer, an early adopter of it. As time has gone on, that specialness has declined to being, it's not, we're ignored. And, and, and let's be frank about that. We're the old money and that money has been spent and it's been gone for a long time. And if you're just hanging around and not chipping in, what have you done for me lately, Jeff? What have you done for them lately? Nothing. Well, I, I did purchase the upgrade, so, you know. It, <laughs> oh, so, I, I, so $22 worth. And why no, you but, but see, I told <sighs> you this last week that I would uh, that I would probably go ahead and purchase those anyway um, because I want that ship to be on uh, at, at game release. They got gotcha. you. Know. So, Henry, 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 get on that phone number. Get on that toll-free phone number for people. Yeah, get, get the, he's going he's gonna to need some. He's going to need some counseling, some assistance. I feel your pain, Jeff, but I, I think I, you know, and from a personal level, I kind of gave up on that a long time ago, right? When LTI went from like this special early backer perk to, to be kind of evaporating, my my mental ship sailed at that point. It's like, okay, I got stuff, you know, whatever. I got advantage in some regards from 
you know, knowing how to trade up and stuff. But other than that. But I think it's incumbent upon us as, as we've been early adopters of this game or early believers, true believers, we continue to speak out against such practices because it really is, it, it's not nice. And that's a nice way of putting it. H. Allen writes and then says, good show, everyone. Wait, that should be Sean Newboy's line. So consider this a proxy. Well, yes, I did double the trade-in value of my 300i to a 300ic without knowing the actual advantages between the packages or the UEC cost of those components in-game. Well, yes, I did pre-order the Stadia controller. I already stream content to my TV via the Chromecast Ultra. I do wonder if having the controller for Stadia will allow guests with Stadia accounts to play their games on my TV. How easy will it be, if at all, to switch account users? That would be an interesting feature. Somebody invite somebody over to your house, you would have your keyboard and mouse or a, a plane controller and you can hand your other controller off to somebody else and they could bring bring their games over to your house by logging in on their uh, device and they, you could play games together on your on your stuff. That would actually be a cool feature. So it would be like it'd be like the next gaming generations uh, Netflix, Netflix password thing, you know, where Yeah. Or your Switch, Nintendo Switch, you can do that with Switch now. You bring your Switch over to somebody's house and you've got your games loaded up on it, you hook it up to their TV. No, you know, I mean like specifically like, you know, the whole uh, you know, like family sharing a oh, Netflix password, password right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they look into that and do it. That's a good idea. Ken from Chicago writes in, uh, only two versions this time and uh, still had to cut it for time. Sorry. We also had, we cut some other feedback for time too, but we're trying to keep the show a little shorter with our audio editor situation. But he writes in and says, community question number one. Nope. I'm fine with my Aurora and Adventure Titan, my own personal starship fleet. Question two. Nope. I'm not getting the Stadia Founder pack. I already, <laughs> I already have a PC. Thank you very much. By the way, ironically, for an advertising company, Google can be terrible at advertising its own services. Outside of Search, Gmail, Play Store, Pixel Phones, Chromebooks, they, like you and virtually everyone else during the first week, focus on the Founders Pack or that Stadia was not the Netflix of streaming games. Overlooked by reporters, commenters, and Google itself was the regular free version of Stadia. All you need is an internet connection of 10 megabits per second, and I get that from a DSL service in a rural town, barely over 10,000 population, and a Chrome browser. You only pay for the game, not a console or subscription, and you don't even need to buy a game controller, just use a keyboard and mouse. The superior game interface of PC gamers. Plus, you can play a game in under five minutes. No waiting hours for a game to download or get day one patches. Also at E3, it was revealed that Ubisoft was offering a Netflix-style subscription of its games on various platforms, including Stadia. By not offering their own subscription service, Google leaves Stadia open for studios like Ubisoft, Bethesda, EA, etc. to offer their own, like iTunes launching, buying songs from only one major studio, or TV episodes from one major network, but it eventually gets expanded to them all. Had Google did a follow-up presentation at E3, then Stadia could have been seen more clearly. Long story short, while some of your Stadia analysis was wrong, it's not your fault. Google buried the lead. Hashtag Google was wrong. P.S. If Star Citizen was on Stadia, that would mean Tony, Henry, Brian, and Jeff wouldn't have to worry about upgrading your computers when it finally launches. CIG could still have its own network on the off chance Google shuts down Stadia. I wouldn't recommend Google like try to set their specs for Stadia to run Star Citizen because they don't know what they'll be by the time the game comes out. <laughs> that, that, it's back, that's backwards, Henry. It's backwards. Google tells you what your specs are, and you design your game for those specs. So they would just yeah, that's have, what I'm saying, though. That wouldn't happen yeah, here. That, you see, yeah, that, uh, yeah, they have to go back and change the engine again. But idea, that's not a bad idea, because if, you're hard, if, you're, if you want to reach a broader audience, you, know, you can design for those Google specs, and everyone will have one. 
everyone will have well, that. One of, one of the things I did on this week was um, uh, watched all the E3 uh, presentations. But uh, besides that, um, Xbox, for example, they're, they're, they've got xCloud coming up. And yeah. uh, they also yeah. they also had a great deal. Um, for $14.99 a month, you get the Game Pass Ultima, which includes Xbox Game Pass, your Xbox Live Gold subscription, and now you get Xbox Game Pass for your PC, which means that the games that are coming out, um, you can play either on Xbox or your PC um, along with uh, your Xbox Gold membership. Since I already had an Xbox Live Gold membership, I figured the money I'm spent, spent, spending for it was a no-brainer. So I picked that up and I already picked up two games that uh, I wanted to play. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Microsoft and Sony sign a deal of some kind? There's some kind of deal going on there. I know that. Epic is heavily heavy into Microsoft, or Microsoft's heavy into Epic, and Epic pulled a bunch of their games like Metro and and stuff from Steam. It's a console war. I mean, this is console war writ large because Amazon's going to jump in here at some point. They have to with with their uh, with their owning Twitch. So I mean, the this the Stadia thing has caused a little bit of a ruckus, uh, and I think we're going to see some of that fallout over the next year or so. But it'll be interesting to watch. Google is coming late to the party, though. Uh, there's a bunch of people that are already... <laughs> they are late to the party, but they've shown up drunk <laughs> and and, uh, and and bringing strippers and cocaine. So <laughs> we'll, and we'll see We'll see if, the, if either A, the cops show up, or B, the party really, really gets started. That's true. Anyway, there's no general feedback tonight and no Patreon either. So I guess we go right to our closing. And this week's community question. What was your favorite sweet nothing whispered during Pillar Talk? What's happening in Elite Dangerous besides our little border war? And otherwise, how was the show? Should we crowdfund our own pizza party? Or should we sue ourselves in small claims court? Drop us an email, a tweet, or a comment on our show post, which you can find on our website. And look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 264 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 265 on June 25th, 2019. So be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We want to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin, copy-pasting for Vallis Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Sanderclaws, and, of course, our audio engineer hit squad, Mikey, Lennon, and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But, above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce This is Tony, intro, sync one. This is Jeff, intro, not fuzzy, sync two. This is Ken Shadow, intro, super not fuzzy, almost like bald even. Maybe, maybe, maybe some nair, sync three. You, you okay. always have to just one up me, don't you? We're off to <laughs> a ripping start. Intro, in, oh, I didn't change the, the order, did I? No, I didn't. Uh, Brian, you're going to go first. Woohoo! And then me, and then Jeff. Okay, Brian, take it away. Beep, beep.
Welcome, pilots. Your no. <laughs> what did I say about audio editing? Start over. Sorry. Three, two. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let Eugene on. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. This is Ken Shadow, Flight Deck, The Hairless Monkey, Sync 3. But that's good, all except for the monkey part. Just let my joke fall flat. That's all good. Do we stop this? It's Bender. He goes, his quote was, come on. It's just like making love. You know, left, down, rotate 62 degrees, eight green gauge rotor. <laughs> this chair is broken. I have fallen <laughs> twice since the show started. Did you see that? Just, ah! no. <laughs> it's crazy. Jeff, did you send him your broken chair? Uh, no, I remember uh, mine was a facelift. It had oh. surgery. Henry's chair no. doesn't make enough noise. That's probably true. Even when Henry's falling out of it. Okay, where was I? And I'm going to pause here for a second as a million alerts go off in Jeff's house because the server probably just went down somewhere. No, no I'm good. It sounded like an anomaly was detected. It could have been. Could be. Could be a subspace life anomaly. It was life no, it's just it, it's it's the uh, it's the Discord robot telling me that guard frequency is now live. Oh, good. Okay. Well, it's a little slow. Well, yeah. To, yeah. You really do. You really do have slow internet out there, Jeff. Wow, that's terrible. Under the pretense of hang on, hang on. start 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 over from the conservative. Oh, you would. I willed. Yeah. Associate Director Richard Clemens told GFR, quote, of course... Told told GPR. Associate Director Richard Clemens told GFR, quote... No, you did it again. (laughs) What? You keep saying GFR, GFR. I do. So this show is about what you do after having sex with Star Citizen. Okay.